Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Foothills, how we doing? Good, good. And hey, we're going to have to turn it up, y'all. It's Baptism Sunday. It's going to be hype in the house. I see blue shirts all over the place. So excited to celebrate with everybody who's taking that step to go public saying, Jesus has saved me and I want the world to know about it. Hey, can we welcome our Pendleton campus and those joining us online as well? We're going to celebrate in a little bit, but first I want us to kind of relax a little bit. All right, I want us to get into kind of a mode of relaxing. So we're gonna play a game called This or That. I'm gonna throw up two pictures. And if you would rather relax like the picture you see in the first slot, I want you to hold up a one. Let's go ahead and practice. Just go ahead, hold up a one for me. All right, if you'd rather relax like the picture in slot two, I want you to hold up a two. You too, Pendleton. You gotta hold it up as well, a two. Okay, so when it comes to vacation, would you rather relax at the beach or the mountains? One or two. It's a a mixed crowd. That's good. Awesome. Okay, beach or mountains. Next picture. Would you rather go to a concert or go to the game as a place to relax? A lot of games. We see some concerts here. That's cool. That's cool. All right. All right. Would you rather relax by cooking at home or going out to eat? (laughs) When I first saw this picture, uh, our creative team goes and gets it. I'm like, yeah, that, that's exactly what cooking at home with me and Katie looks like. It's, yeah, there's, there's, we agree about everything uh, that we do when we, when we cook. <laughs> a lot of going out to eat. Okay, next one. Working out or reading a book? I got some zeros in there. <laughs> there we go. All right, next one. Night on the town or a movie at home? That picture, if you haven't been over there in a while, that's downtown Pendleton. It's growing. So it's a good place to, to go and hang out. Let me ask you, okay, do you feel right now in your life like you have the room to rest and relax? Like, do you feel like you have enough rest or do you wish you had more time right now to rest? Would you say, man, I feel rested or would you describe yourself as saying more like, man, I kind of feel exhausted? a little bit over busy. Statistics would say that you're, you're probably the latter, that you're probably exhausted. There was a study by Harvard Business Review that showed that over half of the US workforce fails to take their allotted vacation days every year. Like that, that's a choice they make, they fail to take those days. And for most of them, the reason is not because they needed more money, For most of them, there's a fear that they're not going to have enough time to get their work done, or there's another problem that's running rampant in the United States, and that's workaholism, which is this drive to always have to work. It's this addiction to produce. It's this addiction to achieve. And at the core, workaholism can be caused by a lot of things. It can be caused by greed and a desire for more money, but it can also be caused by us finding our identity in what we accomplish or what we achieve. And so we're constantly trying to achieve more so that we can feel better about ourselves. Or it may be that when you're busier, life is easier because you don't have to come to terms with things that you feel deep in here, feelings of inadequacy or feelings of anxiety or feelings 
feelings of loneliness or worry about the future. It's easier at times to be busy than it is to stop and rest because we're going to have to come to terms with what's really going on. So I've got a quiz to find out if you're a workaholic or not, all right? And as I ask these questions, this quiz is for you, okay? This quiz is not for the person sitting next to you. I want you to listen and think about this for you. Are you always in a hurry? We just lost half of all of our rooms right there. Are you always in a hurry? Is your to-do list typically really long? Let me pause before I continue the quiz. Workaholism is not just tied to your job. Like, it is a need to produce in every environment. Like, it doesn't stop. Like, if you're in the season of retirement, workaholism doesn't just go away because your career's done. You just transfer it to the next thing that you're trying to accomplish and do. Workaholism can come into our, our days off. When we're supposed to be resting and relaxing, we can pile up a large to-do list. You can take this mentality even into your vacation where your vacations are about to-do lists and accomplishing things while you are on vacation. Workaholism is not simply tied to your job. It's, it's a way of life. Do you use days off to catch up on work? Has more than one person told you to slow down lately? Do you feel guilty when you relax? Do you have to get sick to take time off for vacation days? Do you respond? <laughs> this is good. Do you respond to uh, work emails or texts, even in the bathroom? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. Listen, we're in this series, Psalm 23, okay? And what we talked about last week as we opened the psalm is we talked about the fact that this psalm is... David, who wrote it, it's, it's his words that he kind of put together for what it looks like to depend on God in every area of his life, through the ups and downs, through any circumstance, to depend on God. And that psalm really, although David wrote it, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit to be words for us, to look at our lives and say, how, how am I doing at this? Like, how am I depending on God as a good shepherd? It, it, it paints the Lord as a shepherd and us as a sheep who need him. And so today we're gonna focus on verses two and three, which are about the shepherd wanting to provide rest and reflection refreshment and restoration for your life and your soul. And so we're going to look at how, how are we doing at depending on him for rest? How are we doing at depending on his outline for rest and his direction for rest? Let's look at Psalm 23 verses 2 and 3. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. These are, these are verses about the rest and the restoration that the good shepherd wants to offer to the sheep. And so what I wanna do is I wanna look at a couple of things today that help us learn what is rest? Like how did God outline rest? What is it and why is it so important for us? Number one is this, rest is a part of God's rhythm. Rest is a part of God's rhythm. At the very creation, God established a rhythm for rest to be involved. 
We, we see it right at the beginning in Genesis. God creates the world in six days, but he takes the seventh day to rest. And he, and he calls this day the Sabbath. And it was the day where he stopped and he was able to admire what had been accomplished. He was able to admire the work that had been done. This is a part of his rhythm. And then he established it with his people. After he rescued Israel from slavery in Egypt and when they were walking through the wilderness, which we kind of shared last, last week, the wilderness is the place where we learn to depend on God. That's where God outlined a list of ways that people could be aligned to God and aligned to each other. It was a top 10 list known as the 10 commandments. And in this top 10 list, along, alongside issues like not murdering and not committing adultery, God established in that top 10 list a rhythm where rest is important for your alignment with him and alignment with others, where rest is just as important to your soul as not murdering or not committing adultery. Look at it in Exodus. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy. And I'm gonna keep reading, but I wanna pause. All of the 10 commandments say they, thou shalt and thou shalt not. This is the only one that doesn't start that way. It starts with remember. This, this commandment starts with remember. There's less of a command and it's more of a stop and a pause and a rest in what God has done. See, God didn't need rest on his end. God is not like you and I. He rested to set the example for you and I and he created us to need rest and part of the reason that he put rest in place is so that we could stop and remember not what we've accomplished in six days but see that the source of all of it was him to begin with where we could remember that we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for his help and we wouldn't have hope for the future if it wasn't for Jesus and what he's accomplished. So resting, part of the Sabbath, that word is remember, it's to just stop and really contemplate, God, what have you done and what are you going to do that allows us to kind of stop thinking that everything depends on us? Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Again, this is a day that's set apart for us to stop and remember what he's done, and he made it for us. Jesus told us that the Sabbath was made for man. Look at Mark 2.27. These are Jesus' words. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God desires for you to have moments where you stop feeling the need to produce, you stop feeling like everything depends on you and you rest and understand that he's got it. Jesus said that when you feel heavy burdened, to come to him because he wants to give you rest. It says in the Psalms to be still, and to know that he is God. Rest is a part of God's rhythm. And it wasn't just the Sabbath day that God established with Israel. He actually established a lot more places of rest into their rhythm as a nation. 
They would rest once every seven days, but they had also celebrations and festivals throughout the year where they would remember God's faithfulness, specific ways that God moved in their nation and in their lives. And on those days, they would stop working and they would come and and make sacrifices and worship to the Lord. And then they had a Sabbath year. They would go six years of working and on the seventh year, they would have a Sabbath year where God established the, the land needs to rest. Like, you're producing and producing and producing and then there comes a year where it's time to to shut it off and to rest and to know that all of this depends on God, not on us, but on him. So we can stop and remember who he is. So that was in there. And then every 49 years, they would celebrate the year of Jubilee, which was a special year of rest. There was a year that even debts were canceled and everyone was able to just kind of rest in the fact that it doesn't depend on me, it all depends on God. This was part of the rhythm that God created for you and I, it is so essential, it is so essential to who we are as humans to have moments where we stop (sighs) depending on us and we depend on him. Growing up, um, my my siblings were musicians and I I knew I wanted to to play music and the the instrument that I wanted to play was drums. I was the fourth kid and um, as you can imagine, with, with four kids, I was fourth of five. Our house was chaotic, and my parents were like, no, we're not putting a drum set in the house. Sorry. So that's why I play guitar. Um, but later, <laughs> later in life, I did, uh, I did get the opportunity to start, start playing drums a little bit. And if you've ever sat down at a drum set, when you get the sticks and, and you sit down, there is just like one objective when you, when, you, when you sit down there. It's like this childlike part of you that just comes out where all you wanna do is hit everything as hard and as loud as you possibly can, as fast as you can. I mean, it's just chaos, chaos, all right? Anybody who you've seen, is, as long as they're not shy in the situation, I mean, you put subject A in a room, you shut the door, you walk away, that is what's going to happen. They are going to unleash and it is going to be absolute chaos. Now. Drummers that are experienced will do this as well, and it's called a drum solo, all right? And some of the best drummers in the world can put on incredible drum solos. But eventually, a drum solo, when a drummer's just going crazy, nonstop, hitting everything in their path, it's impressive for a time, but eventually they're exhausted and you're exhausted listening because it's just chaos. And so I learned something as a musician and this, this, this is a note that is in every instrument that you might play, but for a drummer, it might be the most important note. It's a symbol that's coming on the screen. This is the rest note. That's a whole rest note, a resting for a whole note. Okay, the rest note might be the most important note for a musician. It's where you stop hitting in between hits. So it's where there's a hit and a stop, and a hit and a stop. And what the rest note does is it creates rhythm. Without rest, there's no rhythm. It's just chaos. But when there's rest, now all of a sudden, when a drummer's adding rest or a musician's adding rest, this is what causes you to clap. This is what causes you to bob your head. This is what causes you to sway. This is what allows you to kind of sink in to a song. Some of the best drummers in the world are not incredible because of how busy they are. They're incredible because of how simple they are. And they've created rest and rhythm. If you do not have rest, 
you do not have rhythm. And that's true for a musician and it's true in your life as well. So I'm gonna say it again. If you do not have rest, you do not have rhythm. You may be accomplishing a ton of things and you may feel really proud about how busy you've gotten in accomplishing a lot of things. And you may think it looks impressive, but it looks a lot more like chaos. And your spouse can't sway in the relationship with you. And your kids can't sway in the relationship with you. And you can't really sway to, to God's beat because he's got rhythm. Like rhythm is a part of, of who he is. And so you're in chaos in all of these relationships with your friends, with your coworkers, and you feel like you're doing something impressive, but you are out of sync all over the place. Rest is what allows you to create rhythm in your life. Rest is what allows you to create rhythm. It is something God designed for you. And I bet, like even as I'm saying this, I bet deep down that any of you who feel over busy or exhausted right now, like I'm probably speaking to the cry of your soul right now. You're probably like, yes, I want more rhythm in my life. I want things to kind of slow down. I want the opportunity to take a deep breath and feel like things are, are okay. I, I want to stop feeling like it all depends on me. Like this is a cry that's deep in your heart. And this may have been a cry that's come up multiple times in your life where you've heard conversations about the Sabbath, about taking time to rest, where you've heard conversations about the danger of hurry and busyness in your world. But you just are looking and you're saying, I don't know where to find the time. Like I'm looking at the schedule and, and all my demands with, with my job, all my demands as a mom, all my demands as, as, a, as, a, as a spouse or as a friend or, or taking care of my parents or like all of this stuff is piling up and you feel like you have no time. I just want to, I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you. I heard this said recently, you have time for whatever you choose to have time for in your life. You have time for whatever you choose to have time for in your life. You've got the same amount of time that I have. And your life, your life is a product of your choices right now. And if you have felt the need to make a change for there to be rest in your life, but you're not making that change, then you are making the choice to stay in that state of exhaustion. Listen, whatever you're not changing, you are choosing. Whatever you are not changing in your life, you are choosing. God established rest into the rhythm. He established a Sabbath day so that you could have a moment to throw your hands up and say, okay, I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna remember who he is. Now, we don't have to follow the exact way that it was laid out for Israel. Like we don't have to follow, they had a, a calendar where it was every Friday night to Saturday night. That was the Sabbath. For us, we can pick a day in the week where we just say, you know what? I'm gonna trust God enough to shut down work today. I'm gonna shut down the productivity today and I'm gonna include him in it and remember. And the, the including him part, that's important. The command for the Sabbath in the top 10 list, it was about remembering 
what he had done. So some of you, you've got days off. Some of you are taking your vacation and yet you still feel exhausted. Like some of you are taking days on your weekend, but when Monday comes, it feels like Monday comes, you know? Some of you are taking vacations and every time you get home from vacation, you just wish that it was time for another vacation. You're ready for the next vacation. Here's the deal. If you're not including God in the process, you're not depending on him to be the one to restore your soul. You're turning to other sources to restore your soul. Sources that were not designed to restore your soul. Netflix is awesome. It was not designed to restore the deep needs of your soul. Scrolling on social media, it's a great way to connect with others. It's not designed to restore the deep needs of your soul. That, that is a position that is designed for your creator, your good shepherd. And so when we eliminate God from the process, we eliminate his ability to restore and refresh our souls. And one of the ways that we eliminate his ability to do that is we don't follow his direction for our life and the way we live our life. We go in a different direction. So that's gonna set up point two today, which is this. Obedience is the path to God's rest. Like you can't take obedience and separate it. Like you, if you choose to disobey God's direction for your life, you are actively moving in a different direction than him and you are forfeiting the ability for him to be a part of restoring your soul. Obedience is important. Look at Psalm 23, three again. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Obedience is how we keep following him down that path as our shepherd, where we can receive the restoration that he wants us to be a part of. He invites us to follow him to the places where we need rest. Look what it says in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter four, it says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. Now we're jumping into the middle of a conversation that this author is having with people and he's using Israel's history as an example. He's talking about a generation who had followed God when he rescued them from slavery in Egypt, but in the wilderness where they were learning to depend on them, he was leading them towards the promised land. And there was, there was a couple of people that believed that God was gonna be strong enough to provide this land, but there were others who chose not to believe, who chose not to trust, who chose not to walk in the path that he had outlined. And because of their unbelief, they missed out on entering into the rest of that promised land. They missed out on entering into his rest because they chose to trust other sources instead of trusting him. Let's keep reading. So God's rest is there for people to enter, but those who first heard the good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So let us do our best to enter that rest, but if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. If we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Rest 
and disobedience do not go together. Let me explain this for you in a practical sense. Let me explain this for you in a practical sense. For those that are married, okay, God has outlined some instructions for marriage. Like husbands, I want to speak to you for a minute. God has outlined encouragement and direction for how to love your wife. And when you, when you serve your wife, when you honor your wife, when you care for your wife, when you nurture her giftings, when you encourage her, when you speak life into her, like when you love her in ways that the scriptures say, when you love her the way that Christ loves the church, that was an encouragement in the New Testament, is that you would love her in a way that you would lay down your life for her. When you love your wife in that way, you are going to have rest in your soul in that area of the relationship. There's going to be a relationship that's nurtured, that is entering into the rest that God has designed for your marriage where there's peace here and you know like, okay, I've trusted God on this part and God is going to bring the blessing of peace and rest into that relationship. Now, if you go the other direction, if you speak down to your wife, if you degrade your wife, if you neglect your wife or neglect her needs, if you start lying to your wife or hiding parts of your life, if you cheat on your wife, if you make decisions like that, or is there gonna be rest in your relationship? No way. You'd be resting on the couch. <laughs> and that's if you're lucky. That's if you're lucky. You are eliminating rest when you step outside of the obedience when you step outside of trusting God's direction as the good shepherd, when you start depending on other sources or going your own direction, you are forfeiting the rest that God wants to bring. The prophet Jeremiah, he showed up at a time in Israel's history when they were in the promised land and they started to abandon God's design for their rest. They started to abandon the Sabbath year and they were really abandoning God altogether. They stopped depending on God. They were depending on themselves. This is what Jeremiah said to them. He said, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. And Israel continued to reply in that way saying, we're not gonna go God's direction we're gonna go ours. And so there was a period of time in the promised land where Israel stopped observing the Sabbath year. They did this for 490 years. For 490 years, they just depended on their ability to produce instead of saying, hey God, you put this rhythm in place and we're gonna trust you at this rhythm. So for 490 years, they just produced and produced and produced. And there was, a lot of, there was a lot of other ways that they stopped depending on God. I mean, you read through the scriptures and you see king after king that was doing evil in the Lord's eyes that was turning to false gods. But in this time, they weren't remembering God because they weren't stopping in the rhythm to remember him in the first place, the way that he designed. So for 490 years, they neglected this. That created 70 Sabbath years that they stepped away from. 70 Sabbath years that they just scooted right past. Well, eventually, God allowed the consequences of their decisions to come together. And they lost their land. They spent time in exile where another nation took them over because they stopped depending on God. And God said, okay, if you got it, then you got it. And they proved to not have it. <laughs> 
without his help. You know how many years God allowed them to stay in exile? The exact amount of years that they neglected the Sabbath year, 70 years. God allowed them the time that they had neglected him to stop and really focus on and remember. When we disobey God's direction, he will allow us to experience the consequences of that so that we can learn, man, I gotta go back to him to depend on him for rest. There's so many practical areas in your life that if you neglect obedience, you're not gonna have rest. If you don't honor your father and mother the way scriptures say, you're not gonna have rest in that relationship. You're not gonna have rest or peace in here. And I know at times it feels crazy to honor your father and mother. I know it feels like, man, that, that just, I, I don't believe, I, 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 like I should be doing that right now. But what you're doing, depending on God, God, I'm gonna honor my father and mother the way you say, God will bring rest here in your heart. He will bring the blessing of rest into your life. If you don't love others the way scripture tells you to, if you withhold forgiveness or carry hate towards someone, you are forfeiting the rest that could be happening in your soul. And you're not really hurting them, you're hurting you. You're hurting you from experiencing the rest that God wants to provide for you. If you are lying, if you're hiding aspects of your life, you are forfeiting rest. You're walking around paranoid all the time that you're gonna be found out or caught. That's no way to live. That's not a rested life. We talked about jealousy a couple weeks ago. If you're carrying the sin of jealousy towards someone, it's going to burn up the opportunity for you to rest in your life. Whatever the step of obedience is, if you are not stepping in that direction, you're forfeiting the rest in that area in your life. It could be baptism. Some of you are taking that step today. This is the step that Jesus outlined, that the New Testament outlines. After you have said yes to Jesus, he says, to go and be baptized. This is going public with your faith, telling the world, hey, I depend on the good shepherd. He has saved me and I want the world to know if you've been putting off that step for whatever reason, you're forfeiting an aspect of rest in your life. You're forfeiting that rest. God wants you to enter into his rest. This is, this is what the author in Hebrews was talking about. He wants you to enter into his rest. Now, ultimately, what the author of Hebrews was getting at when he talked about entering into his rest is, is he was outlining the reality that the ultimate rest for you and I will only ever be found in the true good shepherd, which is Jesus Christ. Like, obedience, the paths of righteousness, this is the way to receive his rest. But if you're like me, and I know you are, you're not very good at obeying all of the time. You can't uphold that all of the time. You trip and fall. You get deceived. You walk the other direction. Again, I said it last week. There's a reason that the scriptures compared us to sheep because we're about as good at getting through life alone without God as a sheep in the middle of the wilderness without its shepherd. And so the ultimate rest that God has given for you and I comes in the simple step of obedience. It's like the easiest step you can make 
which the scriptures say is to confess Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead, you will be saved and you will get to follow in his path of obedience. All of this stuff I've been talking about, walking in the path of obedience to receive his rest, that's so that you can trust and learn how to follow him here and receive his rest here. But the ultimate rest for your eternity is only found in Jesus Christ. You will not have rest in your eternity without Jesus. And so I wanna ask you, do you have rest right now about where you're gonna spend eternity when your life is required of you? Is there rest in your soul about what happens after you die? The only way to have that rest is Jesus Christ and he wants you to have that rest today. He wants to bring that rest to your life today. So here's what I want to do at all of our campuses. Can we pray together? Would you join me? If you are here and you have not received Jesus Christ, if you've not entered into that ultimate rest, that good news that Hebrews talks about, don't wait past today. Call on the good shepherd today and ask him to save you. You could pray a prayer with me right now, just like this. Jesus Jesus, I need a savior. I am not at rest in my soul. And I recognize that it's because of my sin and my disobedience in life. So today, I'm calling on you. I believe that you came here and you lived a perfect life. That you walked the paths of righteousness perfectly but then that you took the punishment of my sin on the cross. And I believe God raised you from the dead, so today I ask you to save me. And I'm gonna commit, I'm gonna commit on this side of heaven until we enter that ultimate rest together. And on this side, I'm gonna do my best to follow you and enter the rhythms of rest that you have set out and laid out for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And for everyone else in this room, Lord, I pray. I pray that today we would lean in to the invitation to rest in our lives, that we would make changes where you are leading us to make changes. Lord, that we would create rhythms where we would stop and remember who you are, what you've accomplished, and what you are going to still accomplish. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you can restore our souls. And so God, I pray, I pray that we would walk out of here later with an anticipation of the rest and restoration that you wanna to bring to our lives. And God, I pray for anybody who's on the fence about taking that step to get baptized, to go public with their faith with baptism. I pray that you'd give them the courage to take that step of obedience today so that they can walk out of here with a rested soul, excited about what you've accomplished in their life. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.